Well, howdy. This is Bar Down Breakdown, and the prodigal son has returned after a two-week battle with the C to the O to the V to the I to the D. Um, yeah, it was a fun one. It was real fun. Uh, I still can't like really do a lot of things well, like breathing, and uh, my signature cough that I've had for three years is exacerbated, so get ready to hear some of that. But, um, but thank you, uh, Mikey, for holding it down. Uh, last week, we had our homie Justin from Out of Time fill in so thank you to justin um and yeah so i appreciate it but i am definitely on the mend and feeling better um happy holidays merry christmas to everyone uh happy uh happy kwanzaa whatever you celebrate happy to you uh but we are super super pumped uh to have our homie mike perez on mike is the vocalist of no bragging rights who are a staple of the melodic hardcore uh, scene been around for almost 20 years uh, just put out uh, about what three, four weeks ago, a brand spanking new EP on pure noise records homies for life. Mike, super pumped to have you on. Um, thank you for being here, man. Really yeah, appreciate man. it. Thanks for having me. that was a really, that's a sick intro, man. <laughs> mom, Listen, man I, mom! <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't had the opportunity to, to talk in a while. So uh, I'm, I'm excited to get to do that. But uh, so, uh, like I said, bear with me uh, through the hacking and the coffin. If any of it comes, it's not meant to be, uh, you know, anything that you should take seriously because it's just is what it is. So uh, awesome. Let's jump right into it. So, December 3rd, you guys put out uh, a new uh, collection of songs, seven or eight songs. Uh, I think self-titled EP, right? Yes. Cool. Awesome. Um, I had the opportunity to listen to it. It rips. Um, it's kind of everything that I've kind of expected and have learned to love from No Bragging Rights, but just kind of better and thicker and heavier. So uh, really a great listen if you haven't had the opportunity to listen to anyone that's out there. But um Let's let's just talk about that. Let's get right into it. So um, long hiatus, man. I think it was about six or seven years and you guys finally came back as a new iteration of No Bragging Rights. So um, kind of give me some insight. What was happening during that uh, that long period of time and what brought you guys back together to make some music again? Yeah, see, so the our hiatus, I mean, for me personally, it was basically uh, I was just working at a coffee shop part time. Mm -hmm. I was coaching high school baseball. Wow. And I was going to school and, uh, yeah, I was, um, I was, uh, I wanted to learn as much as I could about mental health. And so that was kind of what got me back into school. I was just taking like psychology classes Awesome. and, um, just somewhere along the way, I kind of just figured like, Oh, maybe I should, while I'm here, let me try to fix some of the grades I, I had ruined, uh, in my early, my early years, my, mm -hmm. in my early twenties. <laughs> And then um, eventually uh, I got accepted into a school to do um, social work, to do uh, get my degree in social work. And so, Great. yeah, I did that. So that a very, it's kind of, kind of my, that was like my life went touring stops. I was basically sure. a barista that coached high school baseball in the afternoon and then went to class at night. Like that, wow. <laughs> that was my life. Amen. And uh, yeah, so, um, so doing the like coming back was kind of it's something we'd always talked about like I never wanted to I never wanted to say we were like done just because I never felt done I never felt mm. like you know I just felt like uh I'm gonna always have something to say and 
you know, if if the stars aligned, why why not why not you know record? But um, we were just having a lot of issue internally, a lot of issues internally, and then um, we had some members kind of step away, mm-hmm. and uh, it wasn't until we got our new guitar player Tron. Mm-hmm. Uh, Martin, our drummer, reached out to him, and he kind of bringing him in the band kind of really. I got things going because he awesome. lived, he lives close. We're all, we're all like at the time we were all in different States. Okay. And so, uh, he lived only about two hours from Daniel and Daniel writes our, he like writes a lot of our music. He basically writes our music. Okay. And so, uh, them getting together, like they finally were just like, Hey, let's get together. Let's try to write for MBR. And within their first, time meeting or they know they've known we've known each other but their first time like jamming together mm-hmm. they uh they demoed like an entire song and then they sent it to us oh and, wow yeah so we were kind of like dude this is sick like yeah it was just exciting to hear like music after six years you know like yeah i get that yeah for so sure. but uh it was kind of so it, for it was like it was really exciting but at the same time i was in my my uh my senior year of undergrad and oh, so yeah. I was just kind of like, hey, I can like this is exciting and I and I, I want to do this, but like I can't write until <laughs> until like yeah, my only do so much. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I told him I was like, I have Thanksgiving break coming up and then I have my Christmas break. Okay. Like I'll finish, like please send keep sending songs and I'll I'll mm-hmm. write when I have the time. And and so that's kind of how we did it. And uh awesome. yeah, so we October uh October twenty what was that? Twenty twenty mm-hmm. was when we started writing. Okay, and then by by that January we were in the studio recording. So, oh wow, yeah. And then the album was basically done uh, by like like Matt like we got it mixed and everything by like February, mm-hmm. and then it then it like took a, almost a whole year <laughs> to release it. <laughs> yeah, so we're just yeah we're happy that it's out finally. Yeah, no, and like I said, it's it's definitely a great listen, and uh, that has crestfallen uh, many a band. Obviously, uh, you know, uh, having records written and uh, you know not really being able to put them out, whether it's because you got to find the right time or the right label or have the right um, you know distribution. It's it's tough, and you know, twenty twenty especially made it even more difficult with with the pandemic and all but yeah. uh, that's something that you know even before that a lot of bands had to deal with you know you'd write a record and you just it wouldn't be the right time you know you want to release it here but uh we can't release it because something else is happening or this or that so but it is exciting you know to know that you guys are have kind of come back and um and put out some new music now um i i think if i understand in the little bit of research that i did uh you guys pretty much like self-recorded self-produced this this whole ep right this is all you guys yeah and that's awesome yeah and we we did it with the like total like we intended to just release this ourselves just because we didn't think pure noise would want it (laughs) like also because we knew we weren't going to be touring full-time and uh so we just kind of figured like, oh, let's just let's just release ourselves, no pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, dude, Pure Noise, is, Jake especially from Pure Noise, he's such a G. Like he was just like, no, we'll we'll do it. Like, I, I mean, like I, I was just gonna interject and say like, bro, y- y- PNE one hundred and one yeah. was 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 uh, uh, what record? Uh, Con- uh, Consequence of Dreams, right? Yeah, yeah. So and that was like. Eh, 
2008, 2009. So, I mean, yeah. like to think that, you know, you couldn't hit up Jake and be like, Hey Jake, can you, can you put out some music for me? Uh, yeah. They'd be like, no, no way. First band that we ever did anything with. And then, you know, like four yeah. or five releases from there came those jerks <laughs> in the story so far. And now, Just, now we are where we are. Right. But, yeah. uh, but no, I, I, you know, obviously it, it, you know, having that home is a great thing. And every pure noise artist that we have on just says the same thing. They just uh, sing Jake's praises and they just talk about the label, how they are, um, you know, very, very much hands off in terms of letting bands do what they want to do. And they're very, um, you know, they, they're definitely a, a label that we talk about a lot being mm-hmm. a home to a lot of great types of music and, um, you know, really diverse music, which is a great thing. Yeah. Um, so, but I mean, you know, I, I would think that you guys kind of fit right on there. I mean, you know, with a, with a band like Counterparts getting um, all of the, you know, acclaim that they're getting, um, you know, writing similar music, you know, to you guys, um, you know, but that's the thing with, with Pure Noise as a label, you know, they're, they're open to, you know, I, I saw that they just signed um, uh, Alex Melton, who I don't know if you guys are familiar, but he's this like whiz kid that like takes all of these songs and like, uh, goes onto YouTube and like re essentially rewrites songs. Like, Oh he'll, yeah. He'll, he'll just be like, what if what's my age again was only halftime drums. Right. Like what if like this Paramore song was re-envisioned as like an alt country song. And um, uh, you know, he does some awesome things, but you know, again, that's just a testament to what pure noise does. They're like, we're not gonna just sign melodic hardcore bands or pop punk bands. Right. We're gonna, we're gonna do what we like. So I think that's a great thing, but, um, but yeah, so, now, on top of this, uh, you know, this new EP that you guys are putting out, I know that, you know, again, we talked about it briefly that you have, uh, you know, a lot of stuff going on. But, uh, you know, even with the, you know, COVID kind of getting a little bit bad again, um, 2022, do you guys have uh, have plans to get out there and, uh, and tour a bit? So touring, no. As, at least okay. as of right now, touring, we don't really, it's just, it's just going to be really difficult for us to do that. Sure. But... We're going to be, I, I would assume we're announcing, we're going to announce, we have a show coming up, I guess not okay. coming up, but in 2022, we will be playing. Um, I should probably find out when we're announcing that. I'd imagine soon. <laughs> so. I have an idea of what you're going to tell me. And I think if my idea is right, you don't have to say it on air. You can say it okay. off air, but I feel like if I think what you're going to say, I think you're going to be right at home with where you're playing. Um, but that later. So, but that's awesome. That's very, very awesome to hear. So, um, um, let's, I just, I want to pull it back a little bit. I don't want to go all the way back to the Genesis of no bragging rights, but I want to talk a little bit about, um, about cycles because, uh, you know, that record, you know, you, you did with entertainment one, which is, you know, like a, 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 an enormous label. I mean, we've had, um, our buddy, um, Alex, right? I think, uh, from conditions mm-hmm. and, uh, full of war came out on entertainment one. Um, Wait, you guys are friends with conditions. Oh, we love conditions so, so much. Good. Dude, I so love good. that band. Like this is <laughs> yeah, uh, telling it, you. fluorescent fluorescent yeah. youth. Yeah. That's fluorescent that. youth. That's the one. Yeah. And yeah. I think, um, um, I think that one even might've came out on entertainment one, but, uh, I just kind of wanted to talk about, um, your experience working with entertainment one versus um, you know, what it's been like to work with pure noise, you know, not necessarily looking for horror stories. Cause I know everyone has a different, um, 
a different take on working with a bigger label. But what was that like for you guys, you know, working with Entertainment One? Did you feel like it was uh, just as open or more stifling or you had to kind of fit into molds or how did that go for you guys? So I don't I don't really think we have anything bad to say about about them. Um, so we so we signed with Good Fight, who was under E1. So it was basically yeah. Good Fight was a label, but the backing was from E1. For E1, yeah. And uh, I just think I think part of it was they they kind of just didn't really know how to market us mm-hmm. or like how to sell us, you know. Mm-hmm. Which I don't blame them, especially back then, you know, like our you know melodic hardcore stuff was kind of. Uh, you know what do you 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 pair us with on that label? You know the metal bands. Yeah, like, right. Mm-hmm. So um, we we the draw to that was um, we really wanted to tour Europe, mm, and okay. so they were kind of like, which is kind of kind of funny now, like with how massive <laughs> pure noises, but mm-hmm. uh, we uh, that was kind of one of the selling points was they were like, you know, we'll actively get you into Europe and. Um, we should be able to like their, their thing was like, they, like we told them we wanted to get out to Europe and that was kind of their selling point to us. Okay. Because at the time when we were kind of like shopping for late labels, we like, we don't really like, we weren't like, we weren't like desperately trying to sign anywhere. We were kind of trying to see like, like what, what, what do we want as a band at, at this point sure. in our career? And mm-hmm. it was, so Europe was like the big thing. And so E1 or a good fight they were just kind of like like we like we can get you into europe like we can do this and awesome. that so that was kind of a big selling point for us yeah for sure so but yeah that was um like it was cool like they had like that was like one of the first um like more established labels that we were a part of and mm-hmm. like we actually got to go to the e1 like headquarters and stuff oh, and it's cool got to yeah. meet yeah we got to meet some of the people and uh mm-hmm. And then I remember we were playing in New York because that's where they're based out of, and like they had sent like they had sent some like their staff to come check us out, which is cool. Oh, wow. Like we hadn't yeah. really, you know, we hadn't really had that before. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I think it was it was a cool. Uh, I, I, we enjoyed our time there. We realized pretty like we realized pretty early on we're like they might not pick up the option just because I don't think they know what to do with us. Yeah, yeah. And so that's kind of how that's kind of how it went down. No hard feelings yeah. on our end. Hey, so. no, I, I get it, man. I, you know, and, and it looks like you guys, um, you know, have were maintaining that relationship with Pure Noise because, um, you know, they they put out the 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 actual final for you guys, mm-hmm. um, which which is which is super cool. So, um, yeah, let me let me just break off a little bit. I, I talked to you about this in the before we started um, chatting, but you know, I'm a I'm a big time you know melodic hardcore you know, post-hardcore, hardcore fans. So um, in, you know, in my life, I mean, probably dating back to, I don't know, uh, 16 or 17 years old back in like, you know, 2003, 2004 is when I started getting into it. And then it's just kind of developed and kind of built from there, kind of like a snowball, I guess you'd say. But um, so what I'm going to do just to kind of switch it up a bit is uh, I got 10 bands here, uh, 10 bands that I love that I'm sure, like I said, you've crossed paths with uh, in your time. And what I'm going to do is just read them off to you. And if you could just, you know, you don't have to go crazy, but if you can give me like a little uh, 20 second snippet, you know, what you think of them, a uh, cool story you might've had with them or anything like that. Okay. would be super cool. You down for that? Yeah. Cool. And um, uh, I'm, Mikey, feel free to chime in if uh, any of these bands perk up in your heart. Um, <laughs> well, I was already as, telling as- Mike that, you know, melodic hardcore, I, 
appreciate and listen to. However, it's not like I'm, I'm a pop punk kid at heart. Like, it's not your no bread and butter, theory. and that's okay. It's <laughs> yeah. okay. It's not your bread and butter. But uh, so the first one I'm gonna I'm gonna do, uh, which we have a, a personal relationship because we were uh, fortunate enough to have um, to have him on, is uh, is Misery Signals. Ah, sick. So um, yeah, uh, as far as Misery Signals goes, uh, you know, you got a favorite song, a favorite memory of them. Um, so. My, I guess a big memory of them was just that our guitar player, Daniel, mm-hmm. is a massive uh, fan of theirs. Oh, yeah. And so my introduction to them was actually through Daniel. So Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I guess, you know, our style is kind mm-hmm. of like not a surprise knowing <laughs> that, you know, he was a huge, <laughs> huge yeah. single fan. Hell yeah, man. All right, cool. Next one, uh, Poison the Well. Uh, Poison the Well, I think of like – it was kind of like the early days of me getting into heavier music because I actually, I actually grew up in the punk rock scene. Like, okay. um, mm-hmm. so like heavier music was a big adjustment for me. Mm-hmm. And so poison the well was one of the first bands that I could like listen to and be like, it's okay. Or it's pretty cool. <laughs> like, like I didn't, I didn't totally hate it, even though like, I was like, this is actually pretty sick, pretty sick. Yeah, uh, I, I was the same way when I got into, you know, alternative music, uh, you know, I, of course, it was Blink-182, The Offspring and Green Day when I was like, you know, 11 or 12 years old. Yep. And then, uh, you know, a buddy of mine got me into, you know, the, the West Coast stuff, you, your, your no effects as your lag wagons, your strung outs and all that kind of stuff. And then Poison the Well was one of the first bands that, much like you, got me into uh, hardcore. And I remember very, very specifically downloading uh, Nerdy off of probably at the time probably Napster, Napster probably. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, um, I remember just hearing it and being like, what is this? Yeah. But yeah, poison the well definitely was a, was a, a gateway for that. Uh, next one, uh, good old Connecticut boys life in your way. Dude. Um, I'm trying to think about any, any good stories about them. I guess nothing too crazy. Just that they, they'd get played quite a bit. Same thing. I think our guitar player was the one kind of introduced them to the rest of the band. Awesome. Um, but yeah. Cool. Yeah. Love them. Uh, a little bit more obscure band. You might've heard of them, but uh, it prevails. It prevails. So we toured with them. Uh, uh, there it is. Yeah. They're uh, um, uh, Ian. His name is. The yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So one of the things I remember about that tour, that was a crazy tour. Uh, <laughs> a lot of ups and downs on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing that I will take is, uh, Ian introduced me to just like natural, like unfiltered honey. Oh, wow. Okay. And how, uh, he's just like, he's like, dude, take a spoonful of this before your show or after your show and it'll help heal up your voice. Wow. And, uh, and it did. Um, I, I hadn't, I stopped kind of, I wasn't able to do it every tour just cause I kept, I kept spilling it in my bag and that's like, Ugh, yeah, that's, and I that's, had, like, that's the worst. Once. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, um, he was it he was one of uh like that tour is just valuable to me and just hearing like another melodic hardcore singer because like yeah a lot of most of us are like we just scream right yeah yep. mm-hmm. so to hear to hear like singing like it was really cool and i remember just kind of picking his brain seeing how he warmed up and stuff mm-hmm. and it was cool it was kind of cool for him to ask me questions because i was just like oh <laughs> Yeah, I feel like your band is like more established than mine. You know, so no, and, but, uh, and it's funny when I when I at first um, heard you guys, like I, I immediately thought of it prevails because 
like you both have this like flowing, like just really beautiful singing voice, but you've also got this like really guttural, brutal scream, uh, which not a lot of bands can do. And it's funny because the next band that I'm going to talk about, which is one of my all time favorites, really didn't do that well, but they were accepted just because how great they are. Uh, but hopes fall. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dude. Right. So um, I, I feel like everybody's got a hopes fall story. So my first time ever seeing Hope Fall was at our home venue at the time, which doesn't exist anymore. Rest in peace. Uh, Showcase Theater. Nice. But um, they they played. It was them. And uh, so they played. And then right after them was Atreyu. Oh. And then the okay. headliner was Event Sevenfold. Wow. So what pretty, a show. Pretty gnarly show. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I'll I kind of I'll always think about from Hope's Fall set was just watching uh uh the singer's name. But he I just felt like he was like almost in the crowd the entire time. Like he was constantly like falling into the crowd. Mm-hmm. And, yep. and I just remember thinking, like, that's sick. I want yep. <laughs> I want I want that. Yeah, I want that's... people to catch me and like sing with me and that's uh, one of the one of the coolest things I remember is from the the 04 Hellfest video. Uh, when, when they're playing the bending and at the very end of the bending, he just kneels on the crowd and the crowd's yeah. holding them up and they're all clapping along with the, that like three or four minute outro. Love that stuff. Uh, it's really great. Uh, all right. Uh, Modern life is war. See, I'm not even going to lie. I don't really, I'm not as familiar with them. Like I know the okay. name for sure, but I, I'm not even going to try to sound cool. Okay. It's all good. It's all good. Uh, Modern life is war. Uh, is, they're just one of those bands that like, they kind of bridge that gap. They're a little bit on like the melodic side, but they're also a little bit on the punky side as well. Um, but uh, just like love their stuff, man. Just like fast, brutal songs. Uh, just, just love that stuff. But uh, I'm putting it in my, do it. Yeah. My little notes that you literally <laughs> just described what like should, should be like my favorite band. <laughs> like, they're, right. they're, they're that band that I, you know, I, I've heard, I've heard so much as about, as but you've never got around to listening. No, it's trust me. That's, that was my, the, like, that was what I did in high school. Like anytime I heard a band, I was like, Oh, gotta go listen to it. And, um, they were, they were one of the good ones. Uh, all right. So we got four more and then, uh, I'll let Mikey jump in and talk a little bit because, uh, he's been talking for two weeks and I haven't been. So, uh, <laughs> all right. So I got four more, uh, next Don't one let Tom pretend like, that's just because he was out on COVID. This is pretty much how it always goes. It's true. It is how it, it is. goes. Um, all right. So next one, who uh, we already mentioned briefly, uh, your label mates in Counterparts. Cool. Uh, so Counterparts, um, I mean, we've, we have kind of a, like, a longer history with them. Like, I think one of our first ever like, Canadian tours, uh, they were like at the show. And like, oh, wow. met, or at least Brendan was. And that's how we met Brendan. And then we just okay. kind of stayed in touch. And then, uh, like, randomly, they jumped on a show when we were on tour with Gideon. And so they're, like, a band that we just kept constantly, like, crossing inter- paths, inter- right? Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, we know, yeah, we know those dudes. Um, they're now, like, especially now, they're, like, they're, member, like, they're members of different bands that we've toured with as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Yeah, I so, think they're they're one of those, those, those bands that uh, we – we've tried uh, to, to get connected with Brendan specifically. So, cause I think uh, I know he's a Leafs fan and I think a lot of the other guys are, are as well, but they're one of those guys that we bands that we definitely got to get on. Uh, cause I can surely gush about them as well. All right. Uh, next uh, with honor. Cool. So with honor, 
they were they fall into like the like kind of one of my gateways to hardcore in the sense yeah. that like at any time when I still didn't really say that I liked hardcore, mm-hmm. when I found them, I I didn't know that they were considered hardcore, like or at least in that world, right? Yeah, they're so mm-hmm. melodic. Oh yeah, uh, I was just like, oh dude, this is like just sick, like I don't know, like punk core kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They're a band that uh, I was stoked because they they signed with Pure Noise, right? Uh, I think they did, yeah. Or or at, at least, least Pure Noise was putting out like some of their records and stuff, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're they're a band that like selfishly like you know it's like hey we're back it'd be cool to you know yeah right but <laughs> you know if you come to the west coast please please put us on yeah right for sure all right you got got uh two more here and uh can't talk about west coast without talking about the ghost inside who i was kidding <laughs> yeah right <laughs> Dude, i mean i don't know what to say other than just like they're everything you i would assume you'd think they are from the west coast like mm-hmm. they're the they were the band everybody tried to sound like at one point yep. mm-hmm. um you know i've i will always give them cool points because they're king's fans or at least jonathan is so yeah. um i'm a big king's fan so uh we've never got to play with them um but something that, that i always thought was hilarious was so they were they were making their um like when they were making their comeback and stuff Mm-hmm. And then people were like, you know, are you guys gonna are you guys gonna play that show with them? <laughs> like, yeah, if they asked us, we would. Yeah, right. like, <laughs> like, like, yeah, like, like people people just think like you create like you just control your own destiny. Right. Like you could just pull them aside and be like, hey, we're taking that uh, we're yeah. taking that support slot. Uh, yeah. All right, and then last one, which um, to me, I left them as the last one because. Uh, to me, I think they might be one of the most important bands in uh, in melodic hardcore. Uh, but um, Shy Halud. Okay, if you didn't say Shy Halud, I was gonna turn this off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, I knew it. <laughs> okay, so yeah, they're they're. Uh, it's funny because we get a lot of comparis- comparisons to uh, counterparts, which mm-hmm. you know, fine. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like no, like we are. Our biggest, one of our biggest, at least writing influences, is Shy Halud. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. I I wish I was like had that cool, like if I can like those patterns, those vocal patterns are oh, so so sick. good. Yeah. Lyrically, like they're a band that I just I've always enjoyed. I'm like, oh cool, they're let's bust out the you know the sort or let's bust out you know the dictionary or oh know, yeah and see what this means <laughs> like, <laughs> like i they're they're an important band um i think it's blasphemous when people don't know who they are but listen mm-hmm. to bands like counterparts yeah. or our band you Agreed. know or, mm-hmm. um, and i got to sing on one of their uh one of their releases so oh shoot which one did you get to sing on that's so, awesome man. i'm in uh i sing in for like literally two lines uh colder than a cold world i believe is the song yeah okay that's awesome yeah it's on uh just can't hate enough mm-hmm. and um uh, our guitars daniel and uh and matt are like homies like they talk that's awesome and matt had asked like hey do you think, do you think mike would want to um think he'd be down to like sing one of our songs and he's like yes he would <laughs> like <laughs> didn't even I, have to ask you like yeah, yep, yeah. yep 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 yeah and as soon as like daniel hit me up i'm like yeah when like, yeah right what do you want me to do like i'll yeah, and you're just to echo that sentiment. Yeah, I mean, without without a band like Shy Halud, I mean, like I don't know if any of those other bands that we talked about even exist. I none mean, it's us, just none, uh, none of us exist. Yeah, exactly. At least in the way we sound, for sure, for sure. So you did it, man. We got through some ten I, ten I, sick 
10 sick bands. I love that, man. So, and I like actually I said, knew all 10. I, I was waiting for like Tom to just throw some curveballs that no one ever heard of from one of nah, his, like, I, I didn't, I didn't want to get that weird. Like, I, I could have, <laughs> yeah. like, I could have shot out something weird, but I didn't want to get that weird. But, um, no, it's awesome, man, to, to get to, you know, talk to someone, you know, like you who, like I said, has been around and has been entrenched in this, um, you know, about some of the music that I love, uh, you know, just as much. So, very, very cool. I appreciate you indulging me in that. And uh, without further ado, um, let, let's let everybody hear Mikey's voice a little bit now. Well, I, I just kind of want to elaborate on some of the things that we've already kind of chatted about. You know, when when you guys did sign that first deal with Pure Noise and you guys were band number one, like, did you envision Pure Noise becoming the powerhouse that they are now? I mean, like, no, in the sense of like, I mean, this is crazier than I think anyone, even Jake, <laughs> but, but, but I, I knew, I knew Pure Noise would be successful. Like I knew they would do well because Jake is just like, he just, he works hard and he works hard the right way. Like he, he's, he's real with people. He's fair. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like he, I just, I, I'm a big believer of like, you know, hard work will never go unnoticed. And I just, I, that's it's Jake, you know, like um, he worked for a magazine and I just saw him work his ass off at the magazine. He worked at. he was an intern for fat records. I don't know how many people know that, but he worked his ass off there. And, uh, you know, and just, just, um, you know, just hearing, like hearing other, you know, like you said, other people talk about Jake. Like I know that our, you know, he, he wasn't just cool with us. Like that's how he is. That's just, that's just Jake, man. He, he cares about the scene and, and people and, you know, he's, he's been in bands, you know, growing up too. So he knows, he knows what it, he knows what it is, right. He knows all the stuff that we're, he knows all the stuff bands are good at and he knows all the stuff that we're not good at. And so he's like really good at like bridging that, you know? So it's, I don't know. I, his, his success doesn't surprise me, but it is kind of crazy how, how successful uh, it's been, you know? So and and when you think about it, like in 2008, 2009, when you guys were really like torn heavily and like really heavily involved in the scene, a lot of like those bigger bands are now like the vets in the music scene and they're all now signing with Pure Noise. So yeah. like, yeah. what is that like to, to see some of your like friends from back in the day now being on the same label as you? Yeah, it's crazy. Like, you know, just like, uh, like you said, like, like, Sticks your guns going to going to noise, terror going to noise, and then less than Jake, like a band that I grew up, uh, you know, I love less than Jake, and, and uh, I don't know, it's it's crazy, but at the same time, again, if you know Jake, it's like, why wouldn't they want to come to a, a place where they're going to get taken care of, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, we've Again, we've said it said it many times, but that's that's just the beauty of pure noise, mm-hmm. um, which is you know really great thing. So, um, <clears throat> one last thing I want to uh, I just want to touch upon real quick, and then uh, just you know uh, real quickly talk about our sponsor DraftKings here. But so uh, I know um, you know reading a little bit about the EP um, and some of the themes that you were writing about on this record, you know things like domestic abuse and. Um, and um you know uh addiction and all all these kinds of things so i mean you know lyrically it it is very heavy Mm -hmm. um you know and and i think that's an important thing with music like that you know that it's 
when you have such like kind of deep emotional music like that's in this you know melodic hardcore scene i mean any of the bands that we talked about you guys included they're all touching upon these kinds of really kind of sort of heavy themes but um you know i guess given your your experiences leading up to 2020 when you know everything was completed given uh you know the line of work that you're in and and you know being in social work and all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. um did you did you really feel compelled to kind of bring up some of these topics when, when you were writing or was it just something that because of your experiences, you just felt that they kind of, you know, lent themselves to the, to the enormity of the music as well? Um, yeah, I think, I think a lot of it, like I, I, when Daniel would send the music, like he would send it, like Daniel writes on like emotion. And feeling mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah, sure. And so when they would send us, they'd send us songs, um, I'm forgetting what the title, the working titles were, but they were like, um, like for instance, Breaking Point, the song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, actually, the working title was Breaking Point, just because like we felt like the song has like a lot of tension, even though it's melodic, and then mm-hmm. it has this big, you know, the yeah, the breakdown, and then it kind of yeah, yeah. So that crescendo, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So it's like, also, sorry if you can hear my nieces. They're like, I don't worry, it's so, not a big deal. But. Uh, <laughs> But um, we're, we're a family podcast. Awesome. <laughs> but, uh, you know, just just uh, just the music itself. I felt like um, I don't know. It just lent to to the that some of these topics that I had in mind. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't I didn't really set. I didn't say like I want to write about uh, like intimate partner violence. It just kind of that's kind of what it became. Like mm-hmm. I had I had uh, especially for that song, I had different um like that song could have been about uh, feeling like you're stuck in like a yeah. job that you hate or something, sure, or a career, sure. a career mm-hmm. that you felt like is wrong yep. or whatever. And so, um, and so, yeah, I just kind of, I kind of when when I when I kind of have a a top when once I kind of like more hone in on what it is I want to write and how I want to write it, mm-hmm. it just it just becomes a thing. Like I don't sure. I don't necessarily set out to be like oh I want to write a song about this specifically. It just kind yeah. of it kind of gets there, and then once I mm-hmm. figure out where I'm at, then I. Sure. No, I don't know if that's, if that answers it well, but, uh, no, it it certainly does. I I get it. You know, like you're, you just, you know, frame of mind when specific, you know, something you're listening to kind of hits you. It's just like, Hey, you know, I feel like, uh, you know, it it could lend itself to this, but you know, that's the beauty of, of interpretational lyrics as well. Right. You know, like we're talking about shy halud for a little bit. I mean, you know, like they, they happen to be super wordy, but I mean, the beauty in that is that you can interpret it in a hundred different ways. And you know, mm-hmm. what it means to you intrinsically is, is kind of the most important thing, but uh, it's super cool to, you know, just kind of learn about some of that process there. So Tom, let um, me chime in real quick before you chime, go. just because I love asking this question, especially like, you know, we've talked to a few teachers and, you know, I, I, I like to, to lump social workers in with the teachers. Like we're, we're all on the same team. Like, yeah. so I, I my my question is like have any of the the kids that you work with like found out that you are the vocalist of No Bragging Rights or like have you ever showed some of your music to some of the kids and like had that connection because of the music that you create? So as of okay, so no, as far as I know, like uh, and part of it is because like for for the places that I have worked at, so. Uh, even so I was interning at a school I was a counselor at a at a like a continuation kind of school 
and they were really big on like self self disclosure and just mm -hmm. um, just making sure that like you keep it very professional and that um, you don't give too much of your personal life because like you don't like you don't want these kids to come find you as far as uh, especially while you're working like they want to be very professional and very separate. Sure. And so it was frustrating because I'm talking with these kids that like are trying to get into music and they're using music as an outlet. And I'm like, yeah, you should. And like, you know, this is how you should promote yourself. And they're like, how do you know that? I'm like, my friend, <laughs> you know, my, my, my friend did that, you know? And so, uh, it, what's, what's funny is on my last day at that job, uh, like literally the last day, um, the principal at the school kind of outed me and um, they mentioned something about traveling and they're like, well, ask Mr. Perez. He's been everywhere. And they're like, why have you been everywhere? I'm like, Oh, cause of, uh, I enjoy traveling. And he's like, he did music. He was like in a rock band. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they're like, what? Like, it was, really? yeah. they're like, I was like, yeah. They're like, so when you were talking about your friend, you're talking about you. I'm like, I mean, yeah, <laughs> but also I have friends that did this too, you know, so, yeah, but, uh, yeah. So, and, but right now the house that I'm, or where I'm working at right now, like they don't, they don't have, uh, they have no idea. So it's, and, uh, I, I kind of, it's, it's rough, man. Cause I, there's parts of me that want, want to tell them and, yeah. and, uh, cause I feel like, you know, I feel like some of our songs would be helpful for them. And, yeah, for sure. But at the same time, I also like, I also don't want them to listen to me now because they think I'm cool because yeah. my band, you know what I mean? Or like, mm -hmm. I don't know. yeah, you don't, you don't want to lose that. Like, um, you know, that, that presence over them that you're, you know, you're in fact, you know, someone that's advocating for them and have them, you know, I, I get it. I'm all but, about connections, whatever kind of connection you can make, <laughs> like you gotta just, you know, you, you see a kid playing with like a, pokemon card even though like you had no interest in pokemon you're gonna talk to that kid <laughs> yeah. about pokemon just yeah, because totally. yeah. there, there's some connection and i'm all for that so I I, I I i think uh even if they're not into like hardcore or like melodic hardcore i, I think that they would appreciate to know like the cool stuff that you've done yeah and i and i'm i'm pretty sure they're gonna find out like you know what i mean like these these kids, you can find anything on anyone. And I'm sure if you, if you type my name and I'm sure they've tried to find me like on Instagram and stuff. And yeah. Yep. So it'll, it'll come out eventually. And yeah. I mean, you know, the old story is, uh, back in New York, um, Blake Schwarzenbach from uh jawbreaker jets to Brazil taught, I think at Hunter college. Um, and like people would just literally like, like just, go to hunter college so they could like take one of his English <laughs> classes like you know but that but that's that's you know the reverence of it all man i mean you know you grow up listening to to a band and just you know getting the opportunity to you know get close to them and talk to them is just is a cool thing i mean it's half of the reason that i'm a part of this show you know to get to talk to musicians that i followed and uh you know such as yourself that like you know i've been listening to for you know 10 years so it's, it's a cool thing it really is a cool thing but what is also a cool thing 
this is how transition. you transition. This is yeah. how you transition. What is also a cool thing is our sponsor, and they're called DraftKings. And if you haven't heard of DraftKings, I don't know, maybe you live under a rock or something. But, hey, listen, that's fine because DraftKings Sportsbook, which is an official sports betting partner of the NHL, mind you, uh, we got a no-brainer offer, and it's going to make you a winner once any shot gets past the goalie. So any shot. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game. They can win $100 in free bets if either team scores. So if either team lights up the lamp, you're going to be a winner, which is awesome. And, uh, you know, the NHL got rid of those ties back in 2005. So, you know, someone's going to put it in. So uh, if Sportsbook isn't available in your state, no worries. Everyone can play for huge cash prices all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. And uh, they're giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars. So check it out. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. You're going to use that promo code THPN, THPN, the Hockey Podcast Network. Throw down $1 on any NHL game and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. So that's promo code THPN, and that's this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, and they are an official sports betting partner of the NFL, and they are our favorite sponsor. So you got to be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or The Movie Life. Dang. Okay. Kudos, Tom. It, right. I had to do it the last two weeks, so I know uh, just how, <laughs> how uh, stressful that can be. Oh, you bet. But uh, so let's let's get in. Let's get into the good stuff. So you you let it slip before that you're a Kings fan Mm -hmm. and um, man, hockey on the West Coast is uh, it can be a divisive thing for some people. But uh, let's hear about it. So uh, how long have you been a Kings fan, would you say? So I've been a Kings fan since I would say. Ninety two or ninety three. Okay. Actually, probably actually probably a little bit sooner than that. So I got into hockey because my best friend in school played hockey. Oh, and, awesome! And uh, he was like the only person that I knew, and probably would know that I played hockey. Like growing up. Um, and what's funny is like, so I'm a big I'm a big uh, baseball fan too. I'm like I'm a big okay. uh, Angels fan. I'm a big Lakers fan. And so. Um, when people hear that, like, I'm a big Angels fan, they're like, well, why aren't you a Ducks fan? That was going to be my question. Yeah. <laughs> well, the Ducks didn't exist when That's I true. got into hockey, right? It's true. And so I got, like, I I remember, like, watching, like, Gretzky play. Like, I got to see Gretzky play, you know? That's awesome. I got to see that team. Um, and so, you know, and then, like I said, my, my best friend was a – he was a big, big Kings fan. His family, they're all Kings fans. So that that's how I got into it. Um, you know, watching games with him and his family. And then, uh, I kind of just, yeah, I just carried it. I carried it with me. Like it's one of those random things when people are like, Oh, you're into hockey. I'm like, yeah. Like, (laughs) (laughs) and so, and then, um, I never got to play ice hockey. I played roller hockey, uh, a lot growing up. Um, but my buddy played ice hockey. He got like drafted and stuff. And, um, his story is a little sad, but, uh, yeah, I uh, I got into it at a young age, and I've I've been a pretty pretty big fan. You know, I I finally got to reach the mountaintop in uh, what, 2012 and 2014. So yep. Yeah, yeah. The, the, those cups, you know, and, and those teams, you know, they they those, those pieces are now like not in the league or not on the team anymore. But man, like. 
Dustin Brown, like th- those guys were just like grinders and, and yeah. they, they weren't like the, the flashiest or the, the, like, yes, you had Kopitar, but like, other than that, like it, it wasn't a, it was a gritty team. And, yeah. you know, to, to see that in LA, which is like, you know, glitz and glamor is kind of a contradiction as well. Like right. you, you would expect the flashy Gretzky's and, and mm-hmm. like that on the team. So definitely cool that you guys had had the the cup years and it's kind of crazy to think that you didn't have them when Gretzky was on the team right the superstar in the league like didn't get it done there yeah on paper we've had like some pretty like like talented teams as far as like goal scorers and we've had we've had those teams but dude I so being a Kings fan I hate the lack of respect uh Dustin Brown gets like put respect on his fucking name dude that guy has Two, he was the he was the he was our captain for two of the cups or our only cups. Yeah, and so for people to like not put him on like the Mount Rushmore, it's like I love Gretzky. Obviously, he's the great one. Like, come on, like he's yeah. But like, if you're talking about LA hockey, like we had one, we had a captain during that run, and he won two cups, and it was it was Dustin Brown. And mm-hmm. talk about leading by example. Like you said, they weren't like they were such a greedy team. Like, dude. Uh, Brown's hit on Sundin, like you guys. I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about. Like that, uh, that first, that first round against Vancouver. Like, talk about setting the tone, and basically, like, yeah, he put a target on his own back. But he, the way he, the way he carried it was like, yeah, like they can come after me. Have them come yeah. after me. I'm gonna take out the next, the next guy up. Like, and so it was just like, I don't know. I, I loved, I loved that mentality because he wasn't our best scorer by any means you know he wasn't Mm -hmm. our flashiest player but he was our he was the leader he led by example and i think i think he set the tone for that for that team as far as just like just just being dogs man they they were winning like uh they're like they i felt like i felt like that team or those teams would win like we'd win on the boards as far as like you know all those like yeah all those, uh, I don't know. Like it just seemed like they they were just they were just great. Yeah, what? I, yeah, it wasn't. They, they weren't a, a finesse team. You know mm-hmm. that 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 wasn't their that wasn't what they were what they were all about. But I mean, like that. I mean that team. Like you know, I mean like you know. I, I, I'm trying to think of who else was on that team. I mean, I think well, that was Jonathan like, Quick, obviously Jonathan Quick, of oh, course. Quick. But I think you had yeah. what uh, wasn't uh. uh to Foley was on the team and um, a young to Foley. And uh, I'm trying to think of who else is. We had a, uh, we had a Mike Jeff, Richards, Mike Richards, <laughs> Jeff Carter too, right? Jeff Carter yeah. Like him. that was, that was a hell of a thing to watch, man. I, you know, I, I, I am unfortunately always surrounded, you know, Mikey and I are, are Islander fans, but we're surrounded by a lot of Ranger fans. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember very, very vividly, um, you know, the year, uh, you know, the Kings beat the, beat the Rangers because it was, it was heartbreaking, you know, really uh, as a New York hockey fan. Um, and what made it even more heartbreaking was like, you know, like the work Lundquist put in, you know, I say this all the time, but like of all of the Rangers that have existed, um, you know, like I, I put respect on Mike Richter and I put respect on, you know, a lot of those other nineties guys, Gretzky, of course, who was on the team for a spell, but I mean, Lundquist is just like, you know, and, and the guy, and the guy rips a riff too, man. He's, he's a little, little blues guitar guy, but 
Um, really? You know, just yeah, oh yeah, he, he is. And uh, but just knowing, like, I think I looked at the stats that year from the the Stanley Cup Finals, and it was something like absurd. Like I think like there were three games where he like he stopped like over fifty shots, Damn. like in each game. It's just like you know, what can you do after that? I mean, there's only so much you could do. But so I'm gonna those- ask you, Tom, if you know this. Okay. Do you know who Jonathan Quick's brother-in-law is? Who his brother-in-law is? Yeah. No, I don't. Matt Molson. Matt Molson. Matty Matty Ice Molson. Matt yeah. Molson, the Ice Man. <laughs> yep. Wow, I didn't know that. That's actually great. Matt Molson, man. What a what an Islander for a spell. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> just I, I I don't know like important stats. I know stupid stats like that. That's a and good, that, that's, that's not a stat, but it's that's just a like good, a it's, stupid trivia. That's, I was gonna say that's a good hockey trivia thing for sure. Like someone will drop that on you one day, at like an Islanders trivia event, and you'll win like a fifty dollar gift card to Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> you know, but uh, but yeah. So so those those cup years were something else, man. But like I, I even think like going back to like you know some of those '90s teams, man. I mean, you know, you had guys like you know Luke Robitaille, and um, you know like just like these great players that were out there on the West coast that like, you know, us being kids on the East coast, like we really didn't get an opportunity to see them that often. Like, uh, you know, I, I could have played it as Luke Robitaille in NHL 95 if I wanted to, but I never actually got to really see him, but those teams were really something else, you know? Yeah. And, uh, Rob and I, yeah. Right. And, and I think um it kind of like begs the question, like, you know, like West coast hockey was just kind of like was starting to build and like swirl and, and all this cool stuff. And then, yeah, you had like, you know, the ducks come along and the sharks being an expansion team and all this kind of stuff. But like, you know, really before that, like, I guess what you had uh, that one California team out with the golden seals or something that were out there in like the sixties or the seventies or something. But um, like you kind of alluded to it before, but like being a West coast guy, like, being a hockey fan, especially in the nineties, people probably looked at you like you had three heads. So like, (laughs) what is it, what is it like then versus now? Uh, Like, you know, where now like uh, hockey in the West coast is like cemented. Like it's a real thing, you know, versus then where it was kind of fleeting. So like, what was that kind of like? So, I mean, like it was, it was definitely, it was definitely weird uh, growing up because like it, it wasn't like, you know, I wasn't having, I didn't have anywhere to really go. Like I couldn't just have be like, Hey, we're gonna watch the Kings tonight. Yeah. Right. Like maybe my, my, my buddy who already played hockey. And then like my, then like my, my best friend growing up, like he, he was into hockey. So we, we kind of watched it together. Like it was just us two, like none of my other friends like really cared that much. And so to see it, to see where it's at now is cool. You know, like, um, there's a lot of ducks fans around me. Like just because I live closer to Anaheim than I do Los Angeles, so mm-hmm. that's that's been uh, you know that's cool. Like I know that there's like um, like I've gone a couple times when there's like a like a Buffalo Wild Wings out here. Or I don't know if you guys, <laughs> yeah. And yep. so like it's just cool to see like to see people like care or to see like that there's like a big, a pretty big following. Um, you know, mostly Ducks, but uh, yeah, it's cool. It's it's nice to see hockey being you know what it is out here you know even if you go up even if you go up north you know the sharks sharks are freaking massive you know um yeah here it's like one of the toughest buildings to play in in san jose yeah it's the funny because or whatever it's called yeah 
Like I probably, I probably get more shit talking from Sharks fans than I do like Ducks fans. Like, I don't know. They're my, I think, or maybe I just know more, like I just have more friends that are maybe more, more vocal when it comes to, <laughs> to hockey. Like, yeah, they're Sharks, Shark fans are very, they're very loyal. So I, I guess let's talk about that when like Anaheim got its team and, and it was, a, you know, like you said, a little bit closer, you know, w- were you ever considering like becoming a Ducks fan or, or you just already had your roots too, too deep in for the LA Kings? So really quick when, when they were building the, at the time, the pond, yeah. they were, they filmed, they were filming uh, Mighty Ducks too. And so I was there. I got to I got to go to the uh, the filming of uh, uh, My Ducks Two. It's the one where they're playing like Iceland. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I rules. So I got to America. Like I thought that was so cool, and also kind of like boring too because it's like a lot of like <laughs> standing around and like watching the same play like over and over and over again. But uh, they gave everyone in the stands free free Coca Cola, which was sick. You know, so there you go. Made it, made it worth it. But um, yeah. So, so wait, like if we if we go back and watch like those those movies and like look up in the stands, would we see you like for or like I've, are you in the in the audience for those games? I mean, I'm in the audience, and I've tried to you know freeze everything, and I I'm just yeah, I can lie. I'll say I can be like, oh yeah, you know, if you look more like a red jacket, like that was me. But I yeah you can't you can't tell plus there's also like a lot of cardboard people too because it wasn't like oh wow yeah they they made everyone like move sections too like where they're you know where they're filming you know they have everyone mm-hmm. like, kind of like stand and fill in and then like and then we'd move behind the goal and like yeah so was, that's how it's done i i did always wonder about that like when when they do have like audience or or fan <laughs> parts of a movie like how many people are extras are they hiring for that? And and you also got to consider too that like that was the nineties, right? I mean, like yeah. where like you know CGI was what it was. Like nowadays, you know, if you wanted to film, you know, the Mighty Ducks five, like you know, you would just well, first of all, you'd be able to you put enough need, people in that building. And you would need but, yeah. to film Mighty Ducks four first. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I you know Mighty Ducks four is technically like you know it's technically the that the like show. weird show. Right. I guess that's like four we call it a four point one. But um, but yeah, you know, it, it's like, you know, the the ducks and we've talked about it so much it, like, you know, as a Kings fan, it's probably going to be a little bit blasphemous for me to say this, but it's like. The ducks come into town kind of like legitimized, like west coast hockey like in a way yeah. like it's kind of crazy to think about that you know this like disney movie with emilio estevez <laughs> like really made things legit but i mean like when they got to town man yeah gordon bombay dude i mean yeah. it's just like but but i think that's a good thing because you know I, I i say it ad nauseum but it's just like anything that you could do to to stretch the nhl out and give them more eyes and give them a better opportunity to be successful is a great thing. And I think that, you know, probably, you know, Gretzky coming to LA, right. Was like huge. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then after that, you know, it's like Gretzky leaves to, you know, to go over to the East coast, but then you get this ducks team. That's like, you know, swirling with the, you know, with, with Disney and all of the hype and stuff. And it's just like, I I just want to interject, dude. I, I, recently per- purchased disney plus and i was like oh, i wonder if that mighty ducks cartoon is on there cartoon 
Yeah, dude. So they had the cartoon and and uh what what's like the the third jersey that they just brought back like Wild Wing or whatever where it's got like the actual like duck from that cartoon on the jersey oh, wow. that they wore <laughs> for a that. season. That's awesome. Yeah, and I tried to watch an episode and it is brutal. Like <laughs> they Disney was trying to milk every penny they possibly could out of that Mighty Ducks franchise and that cartoon is is just so bad. Like I can't even say like just watch it cuz it's like funny bad. It's just bad bad. <laughs> I, I haven't seen Mighty Ducks 1 or 2. Does it does it pretty does it hold up pretty well? The the hockey scenes are corny like the the sound effects and mm-hmm. and all that that they added to it, but it's just it's nostalgia at this point. Like I I can watch those movies are like I showed my nephew it a couple of years ago, like the Mighty Ducks one, and like it, it still just holds up for that purpose, not the not the actual hockey that was played, but it's yeah, my, like the bad news bears kind of story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, my my buddy kind of ruined Ducks for me. I remember growing up, like I still I remember like lo- I loved the movies when they came out, mm-hmm. but he'd always be like the guy that was like, he's like, dude, that puck handling stuff. Like he's like, dude, I would just go right through him. Like there's no. <laughs> Like that's fake, or like uh, he's like you can't. He's like you're gonna you skate that fast and you can't stop. He's like, he's like dude, he's like everyone knows how to stop. Like I don't know. He just kind of, kind of you know. He's like knuckle puck. Are you kidding me? Like <laughs> I, I forget who did it. Um, it might it's like one of those like weird like online publications, but like they they make a habit out of like getting people who are actually in an industry to like like pick apart movie scenes like the only one i can mention because like i'm a wrestling nerd is like they had cm punk come on and like pick apart all of these wrestling scenes from these movies so they had him pick apart like i think like no holds barred and like nacho libre and like all this stuff but it's just like i think they might have even done one i don't think for hockey but i think they might have done one for like either football or baseball or something but it was just like that same kind of thing where it was like a baseball movie and i think it was like um angels in the outfield and like you know someone was on the mound pitching and the and the guy is just like let's pause this for a second that would have been a balk and it's just like oh god you know like (laughs) but like you know like it's all suspension of disbelief man when when you get into like all those like kind of really cool sports movies and stuff but yeah you know it's kind of a shame that like really other than i guess the mighty ducks and what goon and I mean, of course, Slapshot, but like there hasn't really been much in the way of like hockey centric. Oh, that, that's true. That's true. But that, I guess, is more of like a biopic, right? Like yeah. or anything like more like fictional hockey stuff. I, I mean, it's such like a cool sport. And the like the um, just like the the camaraderie around it and like all that kind of stuff, I think would make for really great like fictional films. But they're still making Airbud and. 900 space jams and all this shit do they ever do an airbud about hockey i'm uh, th- this you would know I mikey know. I, I don't know you don't know <laughs> no. that's a shame that's it well i mean you knew that matt molson had a brother-in-law so i figured you would know <laughs> airbud was in a hockey movie for crying out loud but uh yeah man so um i guess uh one one last thing i want to ask you just you know about your king's fandom is uh if you could pull out of the air um you know, 
maybe one of your favorite stories about going to a Kings game, yeah, maybe in your adult life, like something that really stuck out to you. That was like, just like a wild experience that you had, um, you know, at a Kings game. Um, I mean, I think if you're talking about like actually going to a game, yeah, for sure. the first time, like just knowing and just seeing like Gretzky play hockey, like, yeah, you know, like, uh, I don't know. I just remember, blowing it up so much in my head and just being like dude he's like he's like flying like he's like gliding i don't know yeah like that mm-hmm. was a really cool experience to see you know to see him play you know i'd watched I, i'd watch every game on tv uh or at least the ones that were televised which is funny because like not every game was yeah yeah and then uh and then also i used to play like all the video games too like oh for sure absolutely and so I don't know. It, going to like my first like Kings game and like knowing like who the players were like that was really exciting for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, seeing Gretzky play like that's. Did that's, you that's, did you ever get an opportunity to see Gretzky play, Mikey, at like an no, Islander Ranger game? I, I, I don't I think did, I did either. I got to see Lemieux play, that's which was. Awesome. I, I feel like it's it's comparable. Like I I think if Lemieux didn't get injured and have his back issues and and battle leukemia i think lemieux would have a few of gretzky's records for sure so i i I think it was probably the same experience even though like you know on totally different coasts but they were pretty much the same type of player and like really changing the game of hockey both of them i wonder if like people in this like 60s and 70s were like the same way about watching gordy play you know oh i'm sure but also you know like hockey wasn't the same as it, yeah. it, you know, there's no, there wasn't as much coverage and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's like an experience <laughs> that I, I kind of have been missing out on. Like, you know, like all of the times that I had opportunities to, <clears throat> excuse me, go to Islander games. Like I never like really tried to get to one where like I could have seen like a Connor McDavid or, uh, or like, like a, like a, like a real superstar. I think I, I I've been to, a caps game where I got to see OV play and believe it or not, I don't think I ever have gotten to see Sid play live. Um, which, but like, I, I have, feel, unfortunately, you, yeah. yeah unfortunately. And he just always like lights the lamp against the Islanders. So. But like, but like watching those kinds of guys, it's just like, it's wild to like say, and like, and I almost wish that like I had taken stock in like some of these guys in the nineties, like Gretzky aside, like, Seeing you know like a Paul like Korea a, and Team Paul Korea, like Team Solani. Yeah, I, saw, I saw all those guys play live. Yeah, that's so awesome, man. I, I went to I, more Ducks games, I think, probably than I did Kings growing up. I wish I could have gotten an opportunity to see them, or even like a Sergey Fedorov, or like you know um, Mike Madonna. Yeah, Mike Madonna. Even Brett Hull, man. I don't even think I got a chance to see Brett Hull play live. You know, it's just like looking back at that. It's just like kind of kicking myself you know if you can only go back in time right but that's awesome though that you got to see korea and solani i mean that's that, so, would, that would have been a bucket list one okay so can i can i tell my funny uh story because you you had asked if i uh if i had like a pool towards the ducks yeah oh yeah so, oh yeah so uh this has got to be like 2011 maybe okay or yeah and so so like i kind of stepped like like MBR had been touring a lot. And so I'd kind of just fallen out of just like sports in general. Like it was really hard for me to keep up with anything. Sure, sure. And so I, I remember um, my friend, uh, I was kind of dating her. She She's a big Ducks fan. And so, of course, she was just like, how are you a Kings fan? And you're an Angels fan. How are you? you know? 
And so um, I remember she was asking me, she's like, so are you like, a, are you like a Kings fan now? Like, do you even watch games? And I was like, honestly, I don't even know who's on the team. And, um, and so she's like, well, have you, like, have you thought about maybe being a, a Ducks fan? Like, it makes sense. Like, you're such a big Angels fan. They're like right across the street from each other. And I remember thinking like, you know what? I don't have any like ties to the Kings. They've never won any. They've never won. Um, I don't even know. Like I only recognize like two people on the entire roster when I, like, mm-hmm. I look at it, you know. And I remember thinking like, you know what? I, I'll try. I'll try to be a Ducks fan. Like I'll, I'll give it a shot. And so um, I remember I watched uh, like I remember watching like a Ducks game on my own like at home. And then, uh, and then I think I watched the game with her, with her friends, just on TV. And then, uh, and then, so finally, she's like, "Hey, she's like, we're gonna, we're gonna test this out. We're gonna test and see if you're a Ducks fan." Because, oh, and by then, like, because for me, I have to like get invested, right? So, like, I mm-hmm. like looked up all the Ducks players, and I yep, kind of yep. more or less knew who everyone was. And sure, I was like, kind, of, and I was rooting for them, so I was, you know. And so she's like, "I got us tickets to go see." Kings play the Ducks in Anaheim. And I was like, ooh, I was like, <laughs> okay. I was like, you know what? Like, yeah, like I still, I only recognize two players from the Kings. Um, I know the entire roster for the Ducks. I was like, I think I can do this. Like, you know, and I remember I like, she was like, I think one of her friends had like asked if I wanted to wear like a Ducks jersey. And I was like, ah, oh, I don't know about that. Like, I'll, <laughs> like, this is, let me just get, you know, let me just let me, uh, dip my toe in the water. Yeah. First. Yeah. yeah. Like, and so we went, I remember we went out to eat with her friends and it was like a ducks, uh, a ducks bar, you know? And so I was getting all like hyped up and stuff. And then we go to the game and, uh, dude, I remember the ducks scored first and I remember being like, like they scored and remember being like, all right, you know, high five. Mm-hmm. people. Yeah. As soon as the Kings scored, I was like, yeah, I was like, I'm sorry. I tried. I tried. I'm so sorry. Like I wanted to. I can't. I can't. It's know? just the it's the, the the black and silver is in you, man. Dude. dude. Yeah, so crazy. I have a similar I have a similar story. Not not like to to that level. Like there's no chance I would ever root for the Rangers. Like that's never gonna happen. But I went to an AHL game here in Charlotte. Like we have a minor league hockey team in Charlotte. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna like when they're not playing the Islanders minor league team, like I'll be a Checkers fan. Like that's okay. It's minor league hockey. And I was like, I went to a game where they were playing like some random other team, like in the AHL. And I was, I, I wanted to like be all invested and like cheer for them. And I just couldn't do it. Like it just like didn't feel like authentic. I felt like I was faking it the whole time. And I was like, yeah, I got to stop. I'm not a checkers fan. Like I appreciate, I appreciate that we have this team and I'll go to games and watch the hockey but I'm not a checkers fan. Like, I'm sorry. So yeah, similar story. (laughs) Like I, I I totally know what that feeling probably was like. I, I had a, I had such a fun experience going to, so uh, I coached baseball and um, one of my kids, uh, their family was like, Hey, you know what? We have these tickets for a ducks game. I know you're, I know you're like not a ducks fan, but they're good seats. Uh, If you want them, they're yours. And I was like, all right, sure. And so my buddy and I went, and it, they were, like, on the glass. Like, I've never sat so close oh, wow. in my life. And, of course, it's for the Ducks. Mm-hmm. And so it's the Ducks and the Sharks. And mm. so I remember thinking, like, this is going to be interesting. I hate both these teams. So <laughs> I just – I was, like – I was just cheering for 
everything bad. <laughs> like anytime, like any, offsides, yes. Yeah, <laughs> I seen a shark would like run over a duck. I was like, yeah. <laughs> anytime a, you know a duck run over a shark, I was like, yeah. <laughs> like love I was, that. I was, it was so much fun. I was like, you know, I was double cheering. There was so much, so much good going on. So I was watching these guys just smash each other, and it was just, it was just fun to watch. <laughs> Whenever anybody would score, I was just kind of like, you know, like. All right. It's it's funny because, you know, I live out, I I live in Florida now. I live in Orlando, uh, you know, so the closest, um, you know, uh, NHL franchises are the Bolts. And, um, you know, I've never had the opportunity to see a Bolts game like when they like I've I've seen the Bolts play the Islanders. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so obviously I was, you know, decked out in my Islanders gear and, you know, I had a a great time even though the Islanders lost, but (laughs) I've never been to like a Bolts game where they're playing someone who isn't the Islanders. And I'd like to do that because Amelie is such a great arena, but like, I don't know what, I I really don't know like what I do. Like the closest experience I've ever had was um, I I grew up a, a Mets fan and I'm still a Mets fan. Hopefully Bucky Showalter can do a little something, but having said that though, uh, I was in, uh, Chicago for riot fest, like 2012, I want to say. And, um, you know, it, we had gotten there a day early and we wanted to go to Wrigley to see the Cubs, but they were out of town. So we, you know, go to the other side of Chicago and the Sox are in town and like we got bleacher seats for like eight bucks. And I think they were playing the Tigers. And I think it was a year where like they were both <laughs> awful. They're awful. So I remember just sitting in the bleachers and like watching this baseball game and just being like, what, like, what do I do? Like, <laughs> because like I wasn't invested in either team and like both of the teams were bad. And on top of that, it was like, like a bad baseball game. It was like <laughs> three to one. And like all of the like all of the runs that were scored were on like like RBI singles and like nothing was really you know, there were no home runs or anything like that. And I was just like, I was like, what am I doing? You know, so I, I feel like you don't you wouldn't get that in hockey just because hockey's such a, a fast paced sport yeah. and there's so much going on. But like I still like couldn't imagine myself like watching like a Bolts, you know, like Blackhawks game and like the Bolts score, and I'm just like different <laughs> yeah um, you know it's just like i don't i don't know how i'd handle that but so i i could totally like empathize with you because like i just i don't know what the hell i'd do but i mean like you have probably had that experience a couple times mikey with like seeing the checkers right like it's just like well kind I, of see- i've been i've been given like carolina hurricanes tickets for free like, because of the <laughs> oh yeah okay. that I set up. yeah it's true and yeah, i just yeah. give them the people i'm just like i i really like don't feel like driving two hours away to watch a team that yeah. really doesn't mean anything to me. So yeah, not not to mention that actually s- gave gave some tickets to Walt from front side. Oh, there you go. Yeah, love that. Yeah, oh, what yeah. is it? What is it? Surge, storm surge, right? That's yeah. what they do. That stupid thing they do. Ugh. Yeah. All, all I can tell you about the Hurricanes is is we uh, Mikey and I went to this one Canes game once. It was a Canes Islander game, and uh, we met these like three kids that were like still in college or like sophomores in college. I don't know. And um, they were like hammered and we were older. I think at that point we we're probably in our late twenties and we had like these like dog shit, like bleacher, like way up their seats. And this one kid just goes to us and he's like, you know, if you like buy two beers and you just like walk to the lower bowl, like no one's going to say anything. And we're like, what are you talking about? So we're like, well, we should test this theory. 
<laughs> so in between like the first and second period, we did it. And sure shit, the usher was just like, oh, yeah, your hands are full. I can't really check your ticket, but I'm sure you guys belong down here. <laughs> and then for the rest of the yes. game, we were literally like three rows away from the glass. So uh, that was an experience. Yeah, that rules. That did. It yeah, did. you got to stop telling people the secret. Like you've oh, told crap. me like oh, four no. times on this show. Oh, like boy. some usher is going to listen. He's part of some usher union. He's like, do you know about this two beer trick? We got to cut down on it. The local, yeah. the local 96 usher union that nobody yeah. knows about. Yeah. Way to go, Tom. My, uh, my, Sorry, one yes. of my, one of my buddies, he goes to Laker games and what he'll do is he'll, he'll look on uh once the game started, he'll check up, check like StubHub or whatever to see what seats haven't been sold. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then he'll, he'll he'll find a way to sneak down and send these seats because he knows no one's coming. So that's brilliant. That's smart. Yeah. That's like that's using your noggin, man. I yeah. never I never even yeah, thought that, about that. That is that is because there's nothing worse when you're like in a section where you're not supposed to be, and then the like people with the actual <laughs> tickets come. That is yeah. the most awkward feeling uh, in the world. Yep. Yeah. And, and then, then you're, you're like, like, oh, oh, yeah, you're right. It was my bad. My bad. And the worst thing is like when you look at your ticket and you're supposed to be like th- like three flights up and you're like oh oh 313 yeah, I'm in 113 whoops and people are looking at you like you scumbag you yeah. jerk oh god I love it all right well Mike I-, I got one last question for you um and I'm going to I'm just going to kind of spin it back to a-, a little bit of music talk real quick so um you know we, we talked about the, the, you know, the, the new EP that you guys put out, which is dynamite, but um, I just kind of like want to talk a little bit about uh, the first record you guys put out. And um, like, I went back and listened to it. And to be honest with you, like I hadn't, I guess I hadn't heard much uh, like of, of you guys before consequence, mm-hmm. but you know, you guys put out the first thing you put out uh, because you believe and like, it's funny how like 15 years later, it kind of holds up, you know, like in this, oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, no, no, you're very welcome. But like in this, in this like realm of music, the kind of the way, like, you know, like melodic hardcore, you know, is mm-hmm. um, it kind of does hold up. But like when you guys were writing that, you know, when you, you know, we're talking 15 years ago, mm-hmm. you know, we talked about patterning yourself, uh, you know, the bands like Shy Halud and all that kind of stuff, but like, <clears throat> I guess, did you ever feel like you were kind of on the precipice of like something sort of breaking? Like, you know, because I guess right around that time, like maybe it was more like metalcore kind of stuff, but like bands like, you know, Norma Jean and Under Oath and like Every Time I Die were really starting to get super popular. Mm. Um, So did you like kind of feel like you were on like the tipping point of something there? Or was it just like not even like in your like in your headspace? So I for that. So, okay, so that release that eat that whole album is like all over the place. Like you'll hear like a, uh, you can kind of tell more or less like, Oh, like they were, that's us being a punk band. Yeah. Be more, you know, or like, yeah, hey, exactly. like mm-hmm. figuring out like metalcore or something. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, I think for me, like when I, when I think about that, that, uh, that recording, I didn't know what exactly we were like, what we were going to be because mm-hmm. that was the first time that we were like, okay, we're like not going to be just straightforward punk rock anymore. We're going sure. to something heavier. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I think I had kind of just discovered, I think I just discovered Comeback Kid at that time. Okay, yeah, and, sure. Uh, and I was like it's just so, slowly starting to like 
admit openly that like I like some hardcore games, like you know, <laughs> you know, it's, and so. Um, but at the same time, our the the guys in my band, especially the guys who are starting to write more music, because up until that point, also I used to write a lot of music. I used to play guitar, and I sure. used to, and that was kind of like the first time that I really like stepped stepped away and let the other guys kind of dictate the sound. Mm-hmm. And so, even though I think for me, had I kept writing, I would have liked to have gone more like straightforward hardcore. Okay. Um, the guys in my band, I think, were started were like getting like a lot more into like more like the more metal core, like um, like the new like Asley Dying kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah sure. Kill Switch. Yep, Kill Switch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, I think a lot of our sound was like leaning towards that, but I was trying to like lean towards more like. Punk, like holding on to the last like little bits of punk rock I could, but then yeah, also yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. kind of leaning towards like wanting to be like more hardcore, I guess. Yeah. So I don't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. Like I didn't know that we were breaking new ground. Other than I just felt it just was like a new world for me. Like I knew it was we we're like now officially like stepping into heavier, mm-hmm. heavier music, and that yeah. I had to just be like okay with it because <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. Yeah, rock days are kind of numbered. Yeah, you know, you you can only you can only play linoleum so much before, you know. Yeah. I mean, no no effects. I think officially like retired linoleum. They yeah. wrote a <laughs> they wrote a song that was linoleum mm-hmm. about how they retired linoleum. Yeah. So if that's not meta, I don't know what is. But yeah. I, I love that kind of stuff. Something that's kind of kind of uh, you you mentioned like how that are because you believe it's like more it's like kind of still relevant. Yeah. So a lot of the themes of that of that uh, of that album mm-hmm. uh, were taken from uh, the Matrix, and uh, like specifically the Animatrix. Like I was obsessed with the Animatrix. I don't know if you guys have seen that. Or, I'm familiar with it. Yeah, I haven't like, seen any of those Matrix movies actually. What? You got to see the first one. You got to see the first one, and yeah. then. And then I'd recommend the Animatrix just because it's like these little short stories. Um, they all kind of, they all kind of uh, have to do with the actual storyline. But uh, I just uh, loved it, and so it, just the idea of like, I was so, you know, slim, uh, like obsessed with the idea of like, you know, I I think we can push further than what we think we can. Oh yeah, you know, and. Uh, just the way they do it in the stories was so cool. So mm-hmm. a, a lot of those things I kind of took from the matrix. And so, and then now the matrix just came out the new movie. That's which right, I haven't yeah. seen yet. But. Yeah. And I haven't seen it yet myself, but uh, it's definitely, definitely on the list, but that's a super cool piece of information that I never knew. So that's very cool. I appreciate you sharing that with me, but uh, cool. Yeah. We've been, we've been at it for like a buck 20, which is a, a good solid episode for us. So um, before we let you go uh, real quick, if you would be so kind to uh, just tell all of the wonderful people out here where they can find no bragging rights, uh, how they can get you, get your music on socials, all that fun stuff. If you want to just give a quick pluggy plug, go for it. Yeah. So uh, I guess if you want to order the album, you can do it through uh, the Pure Noise website. Um, otherwise, it's available for streaming any everywhere, I believe. Um, if you leave comments on YouTube, I will read them. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, anywhere you stream music or feel safe streaming music, you can find No Bragging Rights stuff. Um, 
trying to think of what else. I feel like there's a easier way to, I don't know. I think merch now is the pure noise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? Okay. Yep. So yep. Merch for now. Sure. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Great, man. Well, uh, Mike, it's been, uh, just a, a tremendous pleasure to have you on getting to chat all about music and hockey. Uh, really, really great stuff. Uh, definitely looking forward to uh, what's coming up for, for NBR in 2022. Um, I wish you guys all the best. And uh, you know, if, uh, if there's ever, uh, you know, a time that, you know, Mikey and I are out on the West coast, we will uh, take you up on a, on a, take you up on a Kings game, man, for sure. Yes. Uh, but anything else you got Mikey or, no, I, I appreciate you uh, yeah. hanging out with us, you know, during this holiday break. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I know it's a busy time of year for everyone. So I, I really, yes, truly sure appreciate is, it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she the best in 2022. I, I, and and hopefully th- this young Kings team can can surprise some people. I, I think I that they so. got some. Yeah, I, I think they got some interesting young studs on the team that could do some uh, damage in a couple of years. So. Don't don't write off the Kings and don't write off LA hockey. <laughs> awesome. All right, man. Well, well thanks, thanks again, guys. Mike. You're very Peace. welcome, man. Take care. Peace.